Welcome to the Smoke Pit. So I have been absolutely fascinated with one aspect of the military recently, and that is our um, recruiting efforts that we have, because in order for guys like me to get old and grow a beard and start a podcast, we need um, young new Americans to, to come in and take over the mantle. So mm-hmm. we were lucky enough to be able to reach out to members of the New Jersey Air National Guard and kind of pick their brain a little bit about um, how recruiting has been during this time. And just for the sake of discussion, I will go ahead and say that uh, the DOD does not endorse this podcast or um, any anything that is said, but rather this is just a free discussion of um, you know what we're thinking. So joining us first, we have Techstar and Rivera. Uh, you are based out of New Jersey. And in our pre-interview, you told me that you had joined at 17. You've been serving for seven years. Uh, you were a personnelist, and then you transitioned over to recruiting. And that has almost been entirely during the COVID era. Yes, correct. So what has been the biggest subversion of expectations? Like when you first signed up to be a recruiter, you kind of had, you know, this idea of what it was going to be like, what has been the biggest difference between that and what the reality of the situation? So before I became a recruiter, you know, you look at recruiters and they're like, oh, they're in schools, they're in the mall, they're walking around and they're happy. And it seems like it comes so easily. And, you know, coming in right when COVID hit, it was really difficult for me. When you hear a name, you like to kind of match a face. With COVID, we are very limited to the access we have with schools, being in public, going to the gyms. So really just building a good rapport over the phone was really key for me since I wasn't able to show my face or really be out to the public. So that alone, um, you know, making sure that I had a good personality making sure I made people feel comfortable just by speaking over the phone or through text was really like the main key to my my success during recruiting when I first came in. Oh, I, I totally get that. Um, at the very least, I would imagine that your dry cleaning bill was probably a little bit less than you expected. Uh, not, having, <laughs> yeah, totally. not having to have the sharp, crisp uniform going into schools and malls every day. It, it stinks for me because I was really looking forward to that. So when I'm just sitting at home, working on the couch, looking up, emails for different schools, emailing guidance counselors saying, hey, do you have um, ASVAB classes? Do you have an RTC program? Are there numbers of kids who are interested? It definitely is different than like having the military presence in your face, you know? Oh, for sure. I I, I totally get that. Um, However, one thing that I I have noticed is that um, that the uh, particularly when I was I was looking into the New Jersey Air National Guard, it's not like the pandemic has really sidelined um, the guard as a whole. You know, you have all the community effort that you guys have been doing, the uh, the air shows, um, the the involvement. If there's any sort of like um, natural natural disaster or incident, you guys have to constantly be training, preparing, and executing for that. So as a as a whole, I'd say that like you know the the Air National Guard has been as busy, if not more busy, during the pandemic era. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, there's been a lot of craziness that has gone on between just administering the vaccines, the inauguration for the president. We've been activated for that. And even now, as we're getting through COVID and we're in the Afghan um, issue where we're housing people on base and we're activated for those things, natural disasters, hurricanes, you know, we're the first people that are to come to the front for those things. So yeah, for sure. We definitely have been busy and been very thankful for that. Yeah, we've uh, we've written some articles before about um, uh, how the the Air National Guard has been participating in um, in helping with the evacuees getting settled here in the states, and you know that's you know that's incredibly important. I don't think people realize the amount of effort 
that goes into that. But uh, that notwithstanding, um, like I said earlier, we have to make sure that we continue to uh, get the the next generation to step up and you know take the place of you know those who are transitioning out and retiring. So what is few of the biggest things that you wish that, um, that people knew before they started the process of trying to join? Yeah, of course. So I would say one of the biggest things is just medical. So, you know, coming into the military, your medical history is one of the most important things. So if you know that you're interested in joining the military and you could potentially have a disqualifying factor, having those medical documents and all the information that you would need to show that you're physically capable to participate in the military is really important before coming to the appointment. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I can imagine how that may delay the thing. If you, you know, if you need documentation for a knee or a shoulder or something and you don't have it now, they have to start from scratch and set the doctor's appointment. Um, yeah. I, I could see how that would really kind of derail the process. Uh, is, is there anything else that comes to mind that you wish people knew? So Really, I would just say being honest, you know, being honest in things, if you have law issues or even when it comes to citizenships, you know, there's certain protocols that we have to go through and certain documentation that we need for that as well. It's better to be straightforward um, when coming to an appointment so we know how to handle the situation moving forward in a proficient manner. Whereas if you go through the whole process and then we find out maybe somebody's lying or wasn't so truthful, it could really delay or even end your whole process altogether. So as recruiters, our goal is to get the most qualified applicants through. So it's a smooth pipeline and you can go from your enlistment process to basic training tech school, and then you can continue your service as a guardsman. Whereas if we're having all these halts, it kind of delays the whole process and delays the office as well. Oh, and I could see that because, you know, sometimes you have um, unforeseen circumstances come up where, you know, somebody can't necessarily make a ship date or whatever the case was. And it's like, if you have an applicant that may be needed, you know, a few more months to process some paperwork or get a waiver. And, you know, they say they're all good to go because they never brought up this issue or they, you know, maybe said that it wasn't. Uh, and then it comes out later that that was an issue. Like they just took a spot from somebody else who may have been uh, more qualified. Right. Exactly. All right. What misconceptions do you feel like people have about the Air National Guard, uh, particularly when it comes to uh, joining? So I think a lot of the misconception comes from when you hear from other branches or and other services, you hear a weekend warrior, right? So we're one week in a month, two weeks a year, and we get all these benefits just for working two days. Um, We participate in so many missions throughout the year and daily that even though you're committing to one week in a month, two weeks a year, you're a part of something so much bigger than that obligation. So when you sign our contract and you're signing for eight years and you know I'm gonna come one week in a month, two weeks a year, I'm getting free education, I'm getting low-cost healthcare benefits. I'm getting a life insurance policy, and you're at a young age, and you feel like, okay, this is a good step. Know that even though it seems small, you're going to contribute so much to the state, to the unit. You could affect the United States in such a positive way that don't let that short contract or hear other things they say, um, we're paper pushers or we're sitting at a desk, and you know we have all these easy jobs and tasks. That's not the case at all. So everybody's part in the mission is very crucial and very much appreciated. Well, for sure. Uh, you guys have a wide spectrum of uh, jobs that are available. You know, everything from mechanics to technicians to I, I even think that you guys have um, uh, some air control assets as well that I, I recently saw a video of them doing a joint operation with uh, or a joint uh, training operation with some active duty Marines. So that was really cool to see. 
Yeah, it's really cool. You know, our mission as Air Force is airspace and cyberspace. So as times are evolving, a lot of things are becoming electrical and over the computer and intelligence, cyber operations. So as um, our capabilities evolve, so do we. So there's a lot of different parts to it and it's really great. And there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah. And, uh, and if uh, you do hear something like that, again, you can tell him that a friend of yours was an infantry Marine. And when he wasn't in the field, he spent the majority of his time just sitting around in the barracks or mopping uh, a floor. So <laughs> I, uh, I don't know, in hindsight, maybe I would have preferred to have a professional career outside of that <laughs> versus right. all the time that I just spent standing in formation waiting for word. But yeah, you, you can go ahead and tell them that I said that. <laughs> so. And a good thing about our careers are a lot of our careers correlate well with the civilian sector. So yeah. a lot of our jobs are trade. So they come here and they get their training and then they can transfer that to the civilian world and then it helps them on both aspects of life. Oh, for sure. Because I was recently reading about how the Air Force has their college where you can take your uh, training and your education and translate that into the Air Force's college. And, you know, after you serve... Uh, say an enlistment, you could actually leave with a degree. Yep, exactly. So we also have the Community College of the Air Force, but not just that, but in New Jersey, we do 100% tuition coverage. So you can have your tuition 100% covered in any state university. Um, You know, we cover a lot of big universities that are popular like Rutgers, Rowan, Stockton, as well as the community colleges, all for free. So we cover up to a master's degree. There are certain programs that cover doctorate. So it's a really great opportunity to set yourself up for financial success with not having college debt. Well, that, that sounds like a good, uh, like a good option to me, um, <laughs> particularly because I, uh, you know, I, I didn't have a whole lot of prospects uh, coming out of the, <laughs> the, the swamps and salsa floors of Florida and you know, joining the, the military was a great option for me. However, one thing that I do regret is that joining active duty, you miss out on a lot of time with your family. You, you miss birthdays, you miss weddings, you miss anniversaries. And I, I can definitely see how this could be an option for, you know, for somebody who's looking to stay a little closer to home. Yeah, exactly. And they always say this is the best kept secret. Like it seems almost too good to be true, right? You still have this option for you. You know, you can volunteer for deployments. You can volunteer for different tours be able to majority of the time be home and still have that civilian life, but also have a taste of the military that most people want. Well, fantastic. Um, so one last question before I let you get out of here. I know you're very busy. Uh, what would you say is the most uh, rewarding aspect of your career? I actually have a lot of them, but I think the most rewarding for me would be when you feel appreciated. Like you never know the impact that you have on somebody's life. Like you never know what moment they're at and what I could say to make them feel better. Like, yeah, you know, there's people that come in nervous and you make them feel so comfortable and relatable. And my favorite quote is be somebody who makes everybody feel like somebody. Cause I know in my time, when I came in, I was 17, I was very naive. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. My recruiter made me feel so comfortable and so confident in my decision that I want to relay that to my applicants. So when people come and they're like, thank you, thank you for giving me that push, or thank you for really explaining this information to me in depth. So I truly understand it just is very rewarding for myself. And I feel satisfied in my performance. Well, um, I I definitely appreciate you taking the time uh, to come and help us understand about what you guys are doing and the, you know, the, the struggles that you guys are facing during these uh, unprecedented times. And I, I feel like I'm, uh, I'm ready for there to be precedent times again. <laughs> I uh, know. 
so hopefully you uh you get a chance to you know show off that uh the the uniform that that you earned and that you're so proud of and you know, hopefully you can get back out there meeting uh people face to face and such uh in the near future hopefully fingers crossed yeah well uh thank you for your service and thank you for taking the time to come here and we'll see you next time here on the thank you so much for having me Joining us today, we have a fantastic guest. We have Staff Sergeant Irvin. He is a recruiter for the New Jersey Air National Guard, doing big things, working hard. How are you doing, Staff Sergeant? I'm doing great. How are you doing, sir? Doing fantastic. Thank you. Uh, so you joined the military about eight years ago. You told me earlier that you, you felt like it was a good way to help you improve your quality of life. So can you talk us through a little bit about your backstory and how it brought you to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when I first came into the military, um, before before I even found out what the Air National Guard was, I was struggling a little bit. I was working part time at Smoothie King, um, you know, just trying to make my my ways day by day. Oh yeah, um, for sure. I was trying to you know figure out what what direction I could put my life into, but I really couldn't you know get a grasp on it until I met my uh, my supervisor, who is my recruiter as well um in the barbershop oh wow. um, i see him in yeah it's crazy coincidence um i see him in uniform and it really sparked my eye uh just from there uh, i started you know sparked up a conversation with him he told me about all the great benefits you know everything that you can do you know different career path yeah and from there it was like a perfect perfect storm so um, on the dream sold me on the dream as soon as as soon as I got done talking to him, I set up an appointment with him. And before I knew it, I was you know scheduled to test and physical to join the Air National Guard. And a couple months went past and I enlisted. And I say it was one of the best decisions I ever made. Fantastic. Uh, what did you come in as your uh, as your job? So my initial job when I came in is uh, an aviation resource manager specialist. Okay. And um, so for those of us who have no idea what that means, could you <laughs> break it down a little bit? So for that job, what I used to do is I used to work directly for the F-16 pilots on our base. Um, I would pretty much was the pilot's right-hand man. I would, you know, track all their training that they would do, um, all their flying, all their, you know, military, you know, medical records, everything that they needed to make sure that they were, you know, ready to go to step to the jet. I was right there for them. And then you transitioned into being a recruiter. Yes. So five years in, I'd say, um, I saw that a recruiting position opened up and I figured, you know, I love helping people out. I, I had a great story when I came in. I think, you know, maybe I should give this a shot. So I, I applied for the position and then I got picked. And then for the past, this is my third year now, I've been helping people out changes people's lives one one at a time oh so you started uh recruiting before the uh the pandemic broke out then yes i have what, what would you say has been the biggest change between recruiting when you first started and recruiting now i say before i came in um you know there wasn't as much tension you know people coming in the office was a lot more frequent um you know we have a lot of people walking in you know like hey you know i'm looking to join um and it would be pretty easy. No mass, you know, obviously involved. Um, a lot of smoother transactions, uh, a lot of yeah. less precautions. Um, after the pandemic hit, you know, a lot of people were, were scared and nervous. 
you know, we didn't know what to suspect with this, you know, pandemic, you know, mass involved. We we're temporarily closed inside. We weren't allowed to have anyone walk into the office. So we, we did a lot of virtual things. Um, and I say that was like the biggest challenge in the beginning. Um, with this generation, though, every one of these kids now, they use cell phones, tablets, you know, they, they live in the virtual world. So it's easy for them. A lot of times we would you know, do Zoom meetings just like this or over the phone conversations, FaceTime instead of meeting in person, something that I had to adjust to. But now I think it's actually a great asset, something that used to work against us. I feel like now is a huge benefit because now we can talk to anyone from any spot, anywhere. Well, fantastic. Uh, so when you are starting your, your, your day, essentially, uh, what kind of uh, challenges are you mainly seeing as obstacles from people who want to join the service, but end up having to wait, get a waiver, uh, maybe have to reapply or get denied? Like what, what kind of, what kind of things do you see that really hinder people from serving the most? I say a lot of the things out of everything that I've seen in this past three years is medical requirements. Um, you know, we do have a lot of people, great people from all different backgrounds that want to join. But if unfortunately, if they have a disqualifying factor, a medical concern, you know, like asthma, for example, something like that, that hinders them or prevents them from joining, we have to stop the conversation there. Unfortunately, even though everywhere else in the aspect are perfectly qualified. Yeah. I say that's, that's the biggest downfall. So what do you see as far as what medical issue is one of the more common to be able to get a waiver? Because, you know, obviously there are certain things that are, you know, hard stops in the conversation. But what are what are some things that I guess people may think may be a disqualifier, but can actually get a waiver in a case by case scenario? Yeah, absolutely. So I say a lot of the people think if they have a big surgery, like major surgeries, like, say, for example, like an ACL tear or a shoulder surgery, they think they're done. They think they can't do any you know, type of service. Um, a lot of times I have people come in and I work diligently with their medical records. Um, I had, I had an applicant that had 900 pages worth of medical records. He had both ACLs torn in both legs. He thought there was no way that he can get in. He worked with three other recruiters prior to me. They couldn't get him in. And I was like, Hey man, if you do everything you can for me, I'm going to do everything I can for you. And we stuck with that. It took a month, but I got him in. And now he's serving um, in the Air National Guard. And he's the happiest he's ever been. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, so if, if you were to, to say thing makes your day. I say the biggest thing that always makes my day. Uh, a lot of the recruiters tell me to calm down a little bit, but is enlistment day. Regardless of job, what job that I put the individual in. Yeah. Um, just the excitement of getting someone fully qualified and getting them ready to go and that they're ready to enlist and change their life, you know, the starting point for it. That's what just makes me super excited. I'm pacing around the office. I'm happy. I get my other recruiters like, Hey, you need to calm down a little bit, <laughs> but I'm like, Hey, this is, you know, it just makes me think about when I enlisted, you yeah. know, how I felt. So and I'm like, Hey, this person's life is changing, especially when I have someone come in that they're just telling me nothing but, you know, sad news, you know, they're, they lost their job or they, they can't go to college. It's, it's too expensive. It's hard times now with COVID. And I, I understand everything that they're saying. I'm like, hey, man, if you could you know, start this journey with us. 
and then completely change your life. I'm living proof of it. And that's what really makes me happy. Well, we, we definitely love to hear uh, when people care about their job, particularly when it comes into the aspect of, you know, dispelling some of the misconceptions that, you know, recruiters aren't really invested, that they're just trying to make mission. It, it really sounds like you care about the, the people that you put in. Oh, absolutely. I don't, you know, push them towards any specific job. I, I see what, you know, works best for the person. And I feel like that's what's going to make me more successful in the long run, putting them towards something that they think that would enhance the skills that they already have. So what do you feel is the biggest misconception that people have about the Air National Guard? I say the biggest misconception that people think with the Air National Guard is, you know, we're part time. You know, we don't do anything. We're not the real Air Force. Um, a lot of people think that we don't have a lot of full time personnel or that we don't play a big part in the mission. And I, I completely tell them the complete opposite. We have a lot of full-time personnel on the base. Even the part-timers do a lot of volunteer work. Um, you know, each member has the opportunity to do a lot of different things. With COVID going on, you know, we had a lot of our members that were strictly just part-time step up and volunteer to help out the community. Well, that's fantastic to hear. Um, well, uh, Staff Sergeant, we uh, we really appreciate uh, you taking the time to help enlighten us a little bit about uh, what you guys are doing up there. And we appreciate all the hard work and uh, effort that you put in in order to making sure that, you know, our 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 military still has, uh, you know, good candidates and good qualified people in order to serve in the ranks as you know people get older and naturally progress, transition out, retire, whatever the case may be. We always have to look to the next generation in order to step up and um, and take the mantle. And so we appreciate your time. We appreciate your service. Um, where can people find you on uh, social media if they're interested in talking to you? So I have my personal social media site. Um, you can look me up. My first name is Anthony. Last name is Irvin. It's I-R-V-I-N. Um, you'll be able to search me right on Facebook. If you have any questions, anything about the Air National Guard, you can always shoot me a direct message and I'll be able to get back to you. All right. Sounds great. Thank you so much. And thank you for your service. And we'll see you next time. You're in the smoke. Thank pit. you so much. Thank you so much for having me.